starting the second Maimur, at the end of Chavisa Talmidim. Maimur Shaini Teret Tfila Vashir Lasha. Pech Kufayim Tes. Dover Hamel Tsivesh Lamed Melema Daz, Alakir Vichav Yavdeyu, Belev Shalom and Evish Chafetza. So David Melech left Shalmah Melech with the instructions for the Tzavah Da'as Alakeha You should know the God of your father And you should serve him You should have day you believe Shalom and Nefsh Chafetza with a whole heart and a and a desiring a soul Nefsh Chafetza Gam Aat HaYidiyam Yidiyas Hashem Yizbarach That Tzavah of David Melech Da is alakavicha to know Hashem. So the Rebbe the Rebbe has us something that we spoke about that we were learning about in the last Maimon. That Gamma Ata Yidiyam Yidiyas Hashemzbarh. That any small even the smallest idea, even the smallest amount of knowledge that one could have, me Yidiyas Hashemizbarh, Ashyukal Hishlizkaisla, that a person could be worthy of having Laiba Khakiris Vlaibasikhlaya and Lashibakhlal. It has nothing to do with intellectual inquiry using the human mind. The human mind is incapable of grasping a Kaddish Baruch Even the smallest amount of a Kaddish Baruch There is this thought that, well, the mind is capable of grasping a little bit of Hashem. So the Rebbe says, no, Bechlal not. Even Ma'ata Yidiyah, Hashem. Even a little bit of Yidiyah Hashem does not, does not take place through Chakiris with a human comprehension, human mind. Only with Avaidus Hashem can man be zaychati even the smallest amount of Yidiyas Hashem. So all of the professors with all of their books and papers about God, they're only books that are about God, but they're not actually, there's not even the slightest shemitz of Yidiyas Hashem of Knowing God, and what that means, what knowing means, there, <clears throat> there isn't even the slightest bit of knowledge. One of the chaverim was telling me about about there's a certain professor that wrote a very very large and authoritative book on on the Chassidus of Rajin, and and it turns out that. He was with this when he was a boch. He was this 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 uh, this chaver was a had a rebbe who met this professor, and it turns out that the professor never had been to a chassidish tishut or chassidish court in his life. He wrote like a 500-page book on Rishin, never never met the Rishin, never went to see nothing Gornish. So he writes a book about Rishin. So everything is about, and then he agreed because he felt embarrassed. So he agreed, and he went to a tish. I think maybe by beyond or by square. I don't know where he went to a tish, and he and he was honest enough to admit that he has to completely redo everything that he's ever written just by one by one hour at a tish. So he knew about, but he never really knew anything. Even though even though some old chassid that was sitting there could certainly not write. Could not write any book about about Rizin. He wouldn't even he wouldn't even be worthy of a footnote in this professor's book. But he knew Rizin more than any any professor who had never been there. So when Dovermal said to his son, Da, I said, I want you to know. You have to know Hashem. He said, Va'avdehu. The way to knowing Hashem is by serving Him and learning. But the learning is also Navaida. The Da Salakeha the Bershom has to let you in. Knowing Hashem is not like knowing chemistry or biology or history, where the subject doesn't have to allow you in. It's completely a matter of the effort that you make, intellectually. When it comes to the Bershom, you have to be allowed in. Even the Torah that we learn to understand just the mitzvahs on a simple level to understand the mitzvahs. And the higher, more sublime in Yonim, not just the simple pshat of the mitzvahs, but higher in Yonim, 
Shakol Kavna Sainu Ladas Isi Zabarcham Statiba. The entire tachlis of learning the entire tachlis of learning is what is to be able to come to know Hashem was hidden in every single word of Torah. And everybody knows, and we've discussed this many times in the past, that really herein is the greatest, probably, well, one of the greatest points of disagreement between the Chassidim and the Misnagdim, between the Balatanya and, and the Nefshechayim, is the definition of Tera Lishma. What does it mean, Tera Lishma? And Nimnu Vegarmu Kal Talmi Yavol Shamtiv, as we see in the Tanya, that the, that the, and the Yisait Havaydah from the Old Slanim, that the Tachlis, of the tachlis of learning Torah and the highest level of learning Torah is to be mizdabik b'ashem in order for one to become attached to the giver of the Torah as we see in Tanya Perak Dalit and came out the whole Seyfi Yisait HaAvayda from Abraham Slonimer, the first Slonimer that came out the whole Seyfi on this Nakuda of what's Torah Lishma is in order to be attached in order to be attached to the Barnishlam who is hidden in the Torah and the deepest way of attachment is by is by learning Torah when my mind becomes completely connected to the mind Kivyachal Hashem. Hashem came to mitzvahs when a person is observing mitzvahs, like the Tanya says, he's embracing the king, but the king is wearing a number of garments. He's embracing the king, but he's embracing the coat of the king and the shirt of the king, and so on. But when one learns Torah and one concentrates on Torah, so one is attaching one's mind, mamish directly, it's a direct hookup to Kivyachal to Hashem's mind. But that's the tachlis of learning Torah. So even when we're even when we're engaged in in, in in an intellectual in an intellectual activity, which is the study of Torah, it's not God forbid like studying a, a subject. It's different. It's the avdeyu das alokei avicha the avdeyu b'leiv shalom v'nefesh chafetz. K'mayshom azayr kodesh k'haybra shemachapis begins a demalka. When a Jew learns Torah, it's like the son who's searching through, who's looking in the secret treasures of, the, of his father, the king. These ideas, any ideas in Torah, but certainly ideas, the high ideas and chesidus and so on, it's only possible to know them because they are avaydas Hashem. That we should serve him by keeping the mitzvahs with the limits of our body. And that we should know, we should serve him also with our minds, with our das. By learning Torah and understanding the pshat and mitzvahs. So <clears throat> one mustn't think that my davening is Navadis Alev and my Kima Mitzvah is Navadis Alev and learning that learning one could think is primarily is primarily an intellectual, occult intellectual activity <coughs> so the Rebbe explains it's not true Da means that when a person is learning his mind is at that moment his mind is Involved in Avedis Hashem, but it's Kula Avedis Hashem. It's entirely a matter of Avedis Hashem. Vehinik v'adi baranu b'mayim rakaydim she'eni diyas amayach b'terv avaydah seichel kishas seichlim chasasholim. We already learned that this Avedis Hashem that takes place with the diyas amayach with the mind by using the mind. He said well, that it is not. We learned in the last Maimer that we're not that, that we're not allowed to think that it's seichel. That is just a matter of intellect, like other seichli and like other intellectual things. But really, when a person is using his mind in avodas Hashem. It means that he is tapping into that neshama that was nishtalshal that descended from the that descended from Einsayf, from the infinite one himself and became clothed in the human mind and that each person depending upon his kaiches and his kalim and to what degree he refined his mind and purified himself he's able to connect to the neshama which is enclosed in the mind and in doing so 
he's actually connecting to Ain Saif Baruch to the Infinite One Himself. In the last Maimah, the Rebbe says, I was speaking mainly about the Seder of how that of how that Neshama is Mishtalshal, how it descends from the highest world and it comes and after many, many, many levels of descent. It's the it's Mitztamsaim, Echa or Mitztamsaim, or Mishtalshal, Mimaram, Yechida Chaya. The Shaman Nefesh and Ruach, how it descends, how it descends from the highest, from the Ain Saif and through all different levels of, of the higher Eilamas until finally it comes into the Yechida, Chaya, Neshama, Ruach and Nefesh of a Jew. That's what the, that was the main discussion in the last parak, in the last Maimah, to understand that there's a Hishtalshul that's taking place from the higher world down below. So when a person, when a person's, when a Jew's emotions are being used, when he's tapping into his emotions, that means there's Ruach, and Nefesh is Kaveh, the, the Ruach is the life, is the heart, and Nefesh, and in the liver is enclosed the kachis of the nefesh and so on, as we spoke about in the last Maimah. But va'atta, the Rebbe says, v'tseineinu ladar b'yoysim ya'pula sheba'adam. Whereas in the last Maimah, we were learning more about the Seder Hishtalshlis. We were learning about how that descends from the higher world, how that, or that light is able to descend many, many levels and enter into into that part of the human being, that appliance that we learned about, or that container in which is enclosed that aura, that light of the neshama, which then expresses itself or manifests itself in the form of the intellect, which is the neshama, the emotions, the ruach, and the guf of a Jew, which is nefesh. But now, the Rabbi says, now I want to talk more about what's taking place within the person. Not the ishtalshlus from above to below, but what's in the person. How does one become attached to this light that's within him? And how does he reveal this infinite light that becomes enclosed in his nefesh ruach and so we learn that from the higher world, the nefesh of a Jew is drawn into that part of him that's called the kaveh, the liver. Af lekol gufai, that means the entire body. Vagam gufai Yisraeli moved al begdushas chiyusam ha'ini Yisrael. And that's why we learn that even the physical body of a Jew is different from the body of an Eino Yisrael. That doesn't mean that it's anything that a scientist would notice in his lab, or anything that could be proven, and anything that the human eye can see. But the goof of a Yisrael, the chiyas of a Jewish body, is from the Or Ein Saif Baruch Hu, that's mislabesh in the nefesh, and the kaved in the liver, from which that light is mispashe, it spreads forth to every single molecule of his body. And the physical life of a Jew is, a, is, a, is itself an expression of the infinite light of Hashem. And it's different from any Yisrael. Mikomakam Roim, nevertheless, as far as what we see with our eyes, Mikomakam Roim Shekashem is Gashem Ha'isha Yisraeli. When a person, when a Jew, is Mizgashem. In other words, when a person, a Jew, becomes very embedded in physical things, becomes very involved in physical life. When someone, as far as what we see with our eyes, it seems to us that when a Jew is mizgashe, he becomes very involved in physical things. That 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 chiyus of holiness, that light, disappears from him. The nisharak adam levada, and all that's left is a regular human being, like any human being, no different from a person. Could even be worse. 
וגם אם אינו מסגר שם כל כך, and even if the person doesn't descend completely into materiality, even if it doesn't descend completely, he only goes, to, he only goes, you know, to, he only watches television most of the week, or goes shopping most of the week, or talks about Narishkeit most of the week. So he's not mezgar shem kol kach, vayisraelius nimtze aboy. So there's a little bit of Yisraelius, there's still something, there's still a trace of, of the Yid, of something different. He's not completely identical in what he talks about and what he does. He's not completely identical to a non-Jew. There's something that's a little bit Yisraelius, a little bit of something of a Yisrael that still, that still can be sensed in him. Obviously, no two people. People are different. People are different as far as as far as how noticeable is the Yisraelius in this person? How, how, how different is he from an any Yehudi? The great Sadiqim, the entire body was Kaidish. Every single every single ounce of the of the tzaddik is kaidish. Gam chusheim, gam chiyusa. Their senses and their entire chiyus, and therefore gam be'enei habasa. The big tzaddikim, even with their physical eyes, roha iris neshamas amalachim. We know that the tzaddikim, with their eyes, they were able to see things that we can't see. They saw malachim. They saw they saw neshamas. They saw neshamas with their eyes. But the tzaddikim, and the stories that we have, that I'm not going to go into now. You know, and, and when the tzaddik, when the tzaddik gave a regular person passage into that world to be able to see, there's a maizer from the old Triskamagid that he had one of his talmidim. One of his talmidim wanted to see when the tzaddik, when Triskamagid was was alone in the room, what the avoider was, and he was hiding under the bed, and he was able to see. He said, countless, countless thousands, hundreds of thousands. He saw neshamas. Uh, different surahs and, and he heard screaming and yelling that they came to Triskamaga's room for a for a tikkun and this Talmud passed out and Triskamaga pulled him out from under there and warned him and told him that that to understand that he shouldn't go to, he shouldn't try to be involved in those things that are beyond his understanding and the Rebbe showed him for a second just for a second a little thing of what was taking place in the room a million neshamas are coming and screaming to Triskamagat for a tikkun. Whatever that means to see in the neshama, to see a malach, that it's not something that we have any hasag of. But these tzaddikim are able to see with their eyes things that we can't see. Because the goof was tar of a kodesh, their bodies are completely, completely holy, and therefore they instinctively and intuitively did the right thing. So when the Satmarov was a little boy, and and and, and uh, somebody came to see. He was a wonder child, and they wanted somebody came. A rav came to see the the famous little boy, little Yoilish, and he was sleeping. He was the, the rav was disappointed because he wanted to see the. Uh, he heard so much about the little boy and how smart he was and how and how holy and how beautiful he's sleeping. So Kedushas Yantiv took the guest to the room and said, "I'll show you something. I don't want you to leave empty-handed." And Kedushas Yantiv put his hand over the mezuzah, and the and the little boy Yoilish jumped out of bed and said, "What's this? What's this? What is it?" That the mezuzah was covered. So, the Slonimer and his Swarm, the Nasiba Shalom, Slonimer's outside of Rachel, he talks about Amunah Saguf, which is a hard thing for us to understand that, that even the body has a chush of believing in Hashem. There's such a thing that a person, a tzaddik, that a tzaddik's nefesh, his guf, is so unbelievably refined, it's so pure. Through all the through all the mikvahs and fasting and learning and breaking and mysterious nefesh, uh, that the body becomes so pure that it it is able to it is able to intuitively intuitively sense when something wasn't put into the mikvah not to drink from a glass. This was a this was ma'aseh b'chol yambat zadikim that they wouldn't eat, that they would be able to tell in a glass that they wouldn't they would t- pick up a glass and they weren't able to use it because they felt that it was that it wasn't tight. That you could look with a microscope and you wouldn't see any difference between this glass and another glass. And the Muslims and the Chalyam that the Tzaddik, even in our generation, they were Tzaddikim that were able to, they were able to see such a thing. There was, uh, there was, uh, I've, I've often mentioned that the Tzaddik of Abchaska Levenstein, the Meshkir, Abchaska Levenstein is a Kaddish alien. 
that that he was uh, when his rebson always made the fish for all the years, and once she couldn't make it, she wasn't feeling so well. So the daughter made the fish, and the rebson. Uh, was telling her how to do it, and what to do was the same exact fish. And the second the Abhaskal tasted it on Friday night, he said, "This isn't this isn't my wife's fish. Somebody else made this fish." So the Rebbe says, "What do you mean? Why is that? What do you why do you think that?" So he said, "Because when when you make the fish, in every single in every single bite, I feel your intention that it should be the covered Shabbos, and I didn't feel any covered Shabbos that was put into this fish. So what?" Now in America you could probably go to the store and they'll charge you an extra four dollars to buy fish that, that had the covered Shabbos kavanis. You could get for an extra few dollars covered Shabbos fish. That's not anything you could put into that you could I was thinking about business going into business. That's not something that a person can can figure out. Only only Kedusha Elyon, somebody like Abhaskal's who lived the life of Kedush and that his body was pure and holy, that he was able to intuit to know. And he, and he would have been the first to say that he doesn't know what. There's nothing Kabbalah or would say that this is not. There's no covered Shabbos in the fish. So the way you and I taste taste fish, he he, he tastes covered Shabbos, and when it's missing, so he 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 can, in, in his in his mouth it's not the same fish. He could feel the difference, and he knows what the difference is. Not like he's saying there's something up is different. He didn't say there's something different about the fish. He said it doesn't have covered Shabbos in it. Because the daughter was a nice girl, but she wasn't the rabbit. She didn't. She didn't have those thoughts of covered shabbos. And these are these are that we have from Sadiqim from covered shabbos. How the Sadiqim tasted shabbos, and the mice of the Naimelamelech when he had that food that was prepared by some by some simple person. And the whole mice the Naimelamelech when wanted to go back to that place. It was it was some horrible, disgusting tasting food, and the chassidim the throwing up. And Naimelamelech said that this is a tam ganeden. Because that poor woman was, was so excited that she heard the Naimelech was coming to town and, and she prepared, she prepared with, all, with, the, with the last penny that she had and she cried and said Kapitlach Tehillim over that, over that little thing that she made and she didn't know how to cook and the Chassidim was throwing up and the Naimelech says Atam Gan Eden. So it wasn't like a, the Naimelech was thinking, you know, this is going to be a good story one day. It's Atam Gan Eden. He tasted Atam from Gan Eden. And in that, because he tasted the tehillim of a, of a Jewish woman, of the chayzer from Lublin, when the chayzer, when you know the chayzer, the chayzer had wouldn't had a very hard time wherever he went when he would sleep on a bed because he would know all the thoughts that were ever on that bed, you know. So he used to sleep on the floor because he couldn't stand sleeping on a bed where there was where there were thoughts of tumor, things that were impure. So there was so there was finally when he was coming one year he was coming to I forgot which town. So there was a there was a yid that decided that the rebbe was going to have to have a good night's sleep when the when the rebbe was coming. So the so he was a carpenter, this yid, and he made from scratch. He chopped down the tree from the from scratch. Everything with that bed he made and he made with the with, with the whole time with the, with with pure and holy thoughts. And uh, this yid and he made this bed for the for the chayzer. And uh, and everybody was excited that finally the chayzer was going to have a bed he'd be able to sleep. So when they put him, they put that, that bed up there. So they the whole night they heard the chayzer walking back and forth. So they asked in the morning with Rabbi what happened. So he says oh, I couldn't sleep in that bed. So they thought ah they fat they caught the Rabbi. Because there's nothing wrong with this bed. This was perfect. So they asked the chayzer Rabbi what's the matter with the bed. So he said he said was this bed made during the during the three weeks in the summer. And this was like much later in the year. So they said, yeah. She so said, there was a Yid. A Yid made this. He was crying over the Chorban. I can't sleep on a bed that has, that's filled with Jewish tears. I can't sleep on such a bed. So the body of the Chayzer from Oblin felt that he, he felt the tears in the bed. Is that such a thing. That and there and there are many 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 such stories of tzaddikim that the ainei bosa roa iris neshamas malachim that the tzaddikim mamish they were able to see into things that that are not physical. Vagam baosneim shomu kol hashem imarm and with their ears they were able to hear kol hashem the the voice of hashem. Vehanoshim sheinim tzaddikim kamayim. 
and other people who are not like that, they're different madregas. You have people in whom the Yisraelis, so not only is the, is, is the whole body not a Yiddish goof, meaning where, the, where every single ounce of the body is an expression of godliness, but you have a Jew in, in whom the Yisraelis, that measure of Yisraelis seems to be very, very, very diminished, very small. And what seems to be the main ingredient in these people? There's a little bit of Yisraelis, an occasional you know, Jewish word, an occasional uh, mitzvah, whatever. But what seems to be the main ingredient in these individuals is the what? The Bechinus Adam. That quality of, that they share with all human beings. That's no different than any, than any human being. Even though it's true that even in this person, the chiyas, the life force and vitality of the entire body is coming from what's called nefesh Israelis. He's a Jew. Therefore, what enlivens his body is not the same koyach that gives chiyas to a guy. Still, in this person, the qualities that this person sh- the, the way of the, this person shares qualities with other human beings and and those human qualities are more prevalent within this person than Jewish qualities in a Jew even the nefesh of Bahamas even the animal soul the nefesh of Bahamas which is that nefesh, that spiritual quality that, that gives life to the person is not the same as, as, a, as any other human being, as, as a goy, as a medaber. The, the nefesh of a Jew, the nefesh of Bahamas, is the lower level of what of the neshama. The ruach, a Yisraeli shalohi. And it's, it's, it's an expression of what of the Yisraelis. The koma kom, nevertheless, Still, when you meet this person, when you talk to this person, the Bechinus Adam Shabbai, that quality of what? Of humanness. Just a regular human being, like any other human being. Bechinus Adam Shabbai, Nira Yaisa. It's more obvious, it's more seen. We're human beings. And we are living in a physical world. So that's what we see. But the tzaddik is the tzaddik could meet a Jew who's very, very, very far removed from kedusha, and the tzaddik is able to see certain things that, that we can't see. But as far as what we see, it seems to us that this person is is a human being like any other human being. And, and what we could see is that fakert, you could see that you know that there are there are other people who are not Jewish who are much more spiritual than this person, have more to say about God. Are more concerned with, with, with ethics and, and noble ideas and ideals and concepts. And uh, while well, this Jew is, you know, late at, up late at night shooting pool or whatever, drinking beer, chas and this is But this is what we see. And he's a human being like any other human being. <clears throat> to what can this be compared? L'shayshana shereicha arev. To a rose that has a very beautiful fragrant smell. Avshareicha, the Rebbe loves to use the marshal of a shashana. Avshareicha enocholik min kol atzma vichiyusa. Meaning that the smell of the rose is inseparable from its existence as a plant. It's an organic part of the rose. You can't have as two separate things the rose and the smell of the rose. The smell of the rose, its fragrance, is, is, is an organic part of what the rose is. It's inseparable from the existence of a plant, uh, from the existence of the rose as a plant. That's what it means. The smell is not, is not, can't be separated. It's inseparable from the essence of what it is, from its existence as a flower, as a rose. We can't extract this and say it is, and say that we have before us two things. 
We can't separate and say that we have in front of us two things. What? We have a plant, a flower, and we have a very nice fragrance. Kirak the emesis that we have, of course, one thing. We have one mitzvah, it's called a rose, and in that rose, the chiyas of that rose is pleasant and sweet smelling. It's a tzemach, it's a plant. Just that the koyach, that this mitzvah is of tzmicha, of plant, of a vegetable, of a growing thing, of a plant, it, it possesses this quality of of a, a pleasant smell. So Ka'in Zebhinis Israel, it's the same thing with a Jew. That fragrance that's called Israelis, that delicious smell that's called a yid. That Sadiqim were able to Sadiqim were able to smell. You know the Divrichaim, the Maestro from Divrichaim there was a yid there was a there was a yid the Shamas in San the Shamas wasn't in Sanza, it was someplace else, but there was a shamus someplace that that he um, the shamus. I'm sure you know the story that the, the shamus had an opportunity to save a Jewish family that was that was uh, taken by the pirates. And, you know they were thrown into jail because they owed some money, whatever it was, and they were going to die. And they went to this yid, you know, the, the shamus to raise some money. He, he didn't know what to do. He went everywhere and it was, he couldn't get what he needed. He needed 10,000 rubles and he went all over the place. So finally, so the shamus, there was one place he didn't go to. It was on the outskirts of the town. There was a, a bar. Now in those days, for a Jew to be in such a place, those were, those were the, unfortunately, the, those were the lowest, lowest Jews in the world. But he said, you know, they're also Jews. and he, They were the only ones that he hadn't gone to for money. And they have money. So he went to this bar, and they're they playing cards and gambling. And he came in this yid, and he said, Rabbi, see, he banged on the table, he said, that, you know, I have, a, there's a Jewish family, you also Jews have Rahmanis. There's a Jewish family, if I don't collect 10,000 rubles by, by tonight, whatever. So, they're going to die. So, uh, so, you know, they looked at each other, they so finally one said, I'll tell you what, Yanka, I'm going to give you the entire 10,000 rubles. And everybody went, whoa, there's a big guy, this guy, a big, a big gambler. And he said, I'm going to give you the entire 10,000 rubles. But we also want to have a little bit of fun, if you don't mind. So Yanka said, what is it? He said, we want you to dress up. They had a, the, this guy has a, at home or something, the, the outfit of a galach, of a priest. We want you to we want you to dress up as a galach, and we're going to carry you on our shoulders through the town. I don't remember what he had to say. They wanted him to scream out something too, but he has to wear the clothing of a galach, of a priest. He didn't know what to do, but his family's. In the end, without going through the whole story, in the end, he 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 didn't know what to do. There was no other way to save this family, and he agreed. So he's one of the most respected Jews in town. And he agreed. He went and they carried him like a, like a like a crazy person. They carried him in a galach's outfit through the center of town, and they all these these chaver from the bar were screaming out crazy things, and all the Jews couldn't believe it. they came to see. And and they gave him the, they gave him the money, and he and he hid, and he ran, and he and he saved those Jews. Saif Ma'isa was that when the Divrichaim came to the town a long time afterwards. So he was walking through the town, and he and he and he stopped the wagon. He said he has to go. There's a, the, the there's a place over here that has a smell of Ganadin. And they knocked on the door, and the Sanzar was there with, with, his, with whatever, the Chesidim. And, and the Sanzar said, Could I come in? Would you let me come in here? So they said, Of course, Rebbe. So he says, There's a smell of Ganadin. And the Rebbe walked right to this room, and he opened up a drawer, and the Rebbe put his hand inside, and he pulled out, he pulled out this outfit. You see, the Yid saved this, because he figured that if he was able to. He was able to save a whole family of Jews with this outfit, and it must have some significance, it must have some meaning. So he didn't throw it out. So the, so the Sanzarov took this, and he put it to his nose, and he said, there's a tam, there's a smell of Ganadin, but you're going to have to explain this. <laughs> like, what's, what is this? The Sanzarov said, what is this? How could this tumma have a smell of Ganadin? 
So this year told over the Maisa that it happened whatever, ten years ago that I, I had to wear this to get money for the, the sons of smelled and he eat such a thing on the Levushim of the Yid. And anybody else would smell only what perspiration of some Galach and Tum. And that's it. And the, and the sons of smell, he said, smell Mamish like from this parish. Like Yitzchak Kavin was able to smell. That's how the sons of was able to smell. And like Rashi Chazal say, the Nechnesim Ayrech Ganeid, that Yankavina couldn't hide his smell. The Sada is the state, Chakatapuchn is the field of holy apples, which is, is Ganeid. You could dress up in anything you like. Yitzchak Kavina says, Yitzchak Kavina was able to smell. He had such a kayak to smell. <coughs> so, that's what it means. Kishar Shana ben Achoychim, the Jews, like a rose. Kain zeh b'chinus Yisrael. Gam chiyas gufa kardeshi. You can't separate in a, with a Jew. You can't break him down into different components and say, you know, yeah, okay, th- there is this neshama. Okay, as a Yiddish neshama, he's something inside of him. He has this, this little little holy thing inside of him, this little spark. But his body is just like anything else. So maybe this is not true. You can't, every single inch of a Jew, when you slice it into a million pieces, when you slice it into a million pieces, it's still a yid. This yid brought me the other day, I heard about this because it's written, it's, it's, it's written in the Swarmi from Rabbi Yaakov Emden, and others wrote about it, but I never saw it. But it's written in the Swarm that the rocks, there are rocks by Ganeidim, you know, that's different from other, by Harsinai. Uh, in the area of it, we don't know exactly what is Har Sinai. There's, there's no clear Kabbalah, but we know Be'erich. Be'erich, in Midbar Sinai, we know Be'erich where Har Sinai is. So there, you know about this, that there are certain rocks in there? That, that the rocks by Har Sinai have an image of the Sna inside of them. It's the only place in the world where they have these rocks. That if you chop it down to a thousand pieces, every single piece, I can show it to you, have one. Ramesh Feinstein wrote about it too in a tshuva, that he saw they brought it to him in, in a letter. They brought it to him, he was astounded by this. He says, not that we need this to prove anything, but he says, take a pella, and it's brought down from the Kubalim from earlier generations, that when you crack this rock in half, on the surface you see little trees all over the place, and then when you break it in half, when you break it in half, no matter how many pieces, it still has, that little, it still has little images in it. It's the only place in the world that has there's such a thing. It's a whole, there's a whole turn the Ayve Nachal about this, what it means, but why, is it, why did Hashem, Hashem Zohar make such an amazing thing that, that by that place, by Sinai, there's such a sea is... means that every single, every single ounce of that is filled with Har Sinai. There's no place that's, that's without Har Sinai. And the snare, the, the bush, the, everything is Har Sinai in that place. And the snare could not, was not consumed. And so too when it comes to a Jew, even though when we look at him, he looks like anybody else, but it's not. Even the chiyas gufa kaidishi, even that that biological force that's called life, that that enables him to to see and to hear and to move and, and to touch, all of that is kaidish is holy. When we call malcolm, in other words, it can't be separated from the. There's not two things. There's a Jewish body and 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 the smell of a Jew, meaning his neshama, his his ruchnis. You can't do that. It's all the chiyas. It's all one. Kaidishi, makam akam ben adam hu. Still, he's a human being. Kamaisha teva gufa le nishtanim teva gufa shavni adam. In the same way, that the physical nature of a Jew is not different from the physical nature of other human beings. The gamhu kamayim, and he's like them. So the Jew physically is like any non-Jew. Oichel shaisi, he eats and he drinks and so on. Rak shachilaso shisiyaso v'kol mahuso yaisazachu. But the eating of a Jew and the drinking of a Jew, and his entire mahus, his entire essence is more, is more refined. It's different. Like the Baruch Hashem told Avraham Avinu, "Veheyeh bracha, you shall be a blessing." And the Sarmakadoshim said, it doesn't just mean that he'll have the ability to give blessings or in some nice, there's some nice, you know, idea that, like, you know, that he's a blessing. It means that he himself be'etzim is a brach. A Jew be'etzim is a brach. Not only if he behaves nicely, 
that, that may you be a blessing to your parents and grandparents and bring them much nachas. No, Be'etzim, Hagidus, Ve'hayei Brocha, is Engansin Brocha, he's a Brocha. You shall be a Brocha, Ve'hayei Brocha, whatever that means. It's a different hasog of what a Jew is, Ve'hayei Brocha. So the Rebbe explains, Kamarichain lo'inucha lo'ima gam besichlo shal ha'Yisrael humenishmasai shenatoli b'merayis haguf. So he says, so the mind of a Jew, the mind of a Jew, of course, we know, we learned in the last Maimah, that the mind of a Jew is drawn from the neshama. But it's not independent of the body and its needs. That's what the Rebbe is explaining. The mind of the Jew that is drawn from the neshama is not independent from the body. See, it, to us it seems like you have, you have a Jew. This Jew is like a regular human being, so what is he? He's a physical organism like anybody else. He just you know, eats, he drinks, he sleeps, what everybody else does. He moves, he talks like anybody else. Damages that inside a Jew there's a koyach, there's a mind, and, it's, and, that, and that's drawn from the neshama, and, it, and it's not independent from the body. It's an organic whole with who this person is. Even though to us it seems like it's like any other person. Therefore, if this person's mind is weak, if it's weakened, even though, as far as what we see, as far as what we see, this person, this person's mind is not a strong, is not a strong mind, and he didn't do well in his finals, and he doesn't understand what the teacher is talking about. And as far as what we see, there's not much going on over here. But in, the, in his neshama, that doesn't mean that uh, we have a we have like a dumb there's a, there's a dumb Jew. He says even b'shas ma'isa when it looks to us, when it seems to us that he that he that his mind is not only his mind is like like a, the mind of a non-Jew, but b'chlav not even he has a weak mind. But in his neshama, Because the emes is that his body is inseparable from his from his mind, and which is enclosed in the neshama, just as far as what's being revealed because of of the lack of certain refinement. All we see is that this guy is thinking about, you know, is, a, is his next meal, or a bag of pretzels, or a girlfriend, or a baseball player. Or, or some, or some, uh, you know, some Irish guy, but 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 it's enclosed. His neshama is, his goof and his neshama are inseparable. Therefore, even even when his mind is so weak, and this guy hasn't learned the word of Tyre, you meet a yid, and he, and, he, and, he, and he never saw, he never learned Braishis, he never learned the word Braishis, he never heard of above Mitzib of Akam, doesn't know anything about Yiddish guy. But still, that doesn't affect his neshama. This person's neshama learned kolotarakula before it came to this world, and this person's neshama is is can't be separated from Taras Hashem, can't be separated from God. So the neshama itself is not affected by this per, the weakness of of this person's way of thinking in in, in this world. Mikol Malkam, nevertheless. And that's what this mime is going to be about. Had to strengthen this iskashus. What has been ruined, what is in terrible disrepair, is what the iskashus, the connection, the bond between his mayach and the neshama. That's what's a terrible situation. The neshama is fine, but the connection between the neshama and the mayach and the brain. Is terribly, terribly, is, is terribly disrupted and, and, and hurt and broken and ruined. The connection between the neshama and and the moyach. So when we look at this person, he's not talking about anything spiritual, about anything Jewish. He's just talking about the same thing that that that, that any guy could talk about. And you might even look at the guy, and the guy's talking about God, and he's talking about you know. And, the meaning of life, and and and, and this and this yid is saying, you know, pass the peanuts or something. And there's a, and and the two of them, 
that this is a person who has a chelikilakamimal, who has a neshama, and this person is neshamalus. Whatever the, the, the root and source of a guy, that's not for now, but he doesn't have a neshama. And that doesn't mean he doesn't have some spiritual capacity, but it's not a neshamas Yisrael. And, and the chilik is that this person. It's not that he doesn't. Have, this year, it's not that God forbid he's now a human being without a neshama. Chas He's a he's a yid, and and he's a yid. Even his mind, it's all all it's thinking about is peanuts. He's still it's still it's still the moich of a yid, but it's not attached to nishmas Israel. And therefore, all the Rebbe talks about, and all the sram we've been learning until now, in Neimach Shavatayv and Savaziris, and all of the Rebbe's sram. And all that the Rebbe is talking about is how to be Megala Nishmas Yisrael. Whoever touched even once one piece of, of the piece of Yisrael knows that all he's talking about Kaseda is what can we do to be Megala Nishmas Yisrael? How do we draw out Nishmas Yisrael? How do we draw out a Ruach Yisrael? <clears throat> That's the whole Torah of the Tzaddikim. Therefore, if we want to lift up the Adam HaYisraeli Ulakadshay and to sanctify him through the what? There should be holiness in his life. Then the last mimer is not enough. Because all I explained, the Rebbe says in the last Mimer, was how this Nishmas Yisrael ended up in a Jew. How that's Mishtal Shal, all the way, all the way down from the highest worlds and ended up in you. He says, that's what I explained. But that could end up in you, and all you talk about is Narishkai. And your entire life is empty. And you never heard a word of Tyre, and you never said a, a, a tree in your life. And your Midas are completely, completely, Enimus your Midas are disgusting. That's why I left off, he says, the last Mimer. The last Mimer was how all of these things are descending from the highest world and they're part of you. And, and now we've seen, they can't be separated from who you are. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be misgala and that there's going to be a connection between your neshama and your moach, between your ruach and your life, between your nefesh and your kaveh. That's what he says. We have to talk about the human functions and and how you can be masig, how you can make a connection between what those between those higher superhuman kaiches in you and the human functions of your life, so that when you eat a piece of fish, you'll be able to taste Shabbos. On the highest level, such a thing. Laman yeda eich lakachas as resen hamemshala gamalehim, so that you should be able to know how to take the harness and control over all your physical kaches ulahaf ilam bepulas kedoshes into what and to engage them in, in holy acts and in act and that even the body is drawn into holiness. But it's not enough to know that the, that a Jewish body comes is somehow is descending from that kayach that's called the nefesh that's enclosed in the, in the liver. But we have to know how to we have to know how to make a connection between what between the nefesh Yisraelis, the Jewish quality, that Jewish soul, and what and the and the adam shabbat and the human being, the regular human being that eats, drinks, sleeps. How do we make a shidduch between the nefesh Yisraelis? That quality that's Kula Kaidish, the Nishama, the Ruach, the Nefesh, Chayichim. How do we make a connection between that and the Adam? And the human being that we have in front of us. That is, is the Tachlis of Avadis Hashem. That's the Tachlis of learning Torah. That's the Tachlis of teaching Torah to children. That's what Chinuch has to be about. That's what Torah should be about. That's, that's how we're supposed to be teaching and raising our children. To make that connection. So it's not enough to advertise your yeshiva that in, uh, you're the principal yeshiva, and how you see these advertisements, midos tovos, you know. Even that they're making even greater claims now, you know. 
And then you see Nebuch, that the person who walks into yeshiva is someone that's not Jewish who walks into yeshiva. He sees he sees little boys. That he, and how many times I've heard this, the Chil Hashem, that he's never ever been in his life in any, in any school that, where there's such chutzpah and disrespect and, and wildness and so on. How do we make a connection? So you could say, that these are highly getayri Yiddish and Neshamas. And it's true. They are. Every Jewish child is holy. And these are tire in the shamas, tire in the shamas. But how do you get a tire in the shama to say good morning? How do you get a tire in the shama to have derecherets, to have an edelkeit? That's not vayda. To make a connection. And if we're just going to say that no, the heilig in the shamas, heilig in the shamas, it's true. And every one of those would be meisen nefesh, you know. Every one would be meisen nefesh. To be a Jew and to remain a Jew and so on. But how do we make a connection to draw out the Yisraeli Yeshiva? The sweetness, the gentleness, the refinement, the holiness, the greatness of a Jew. That it shouldn't only be something which is, which is hidden deep within the person. In his nefesh ruach neshom. But it should, it should be something that changes, that lifts up the Adam Shabbat. That the way that a person eats is different. That a yid, when, the, when the nefesh of a Jew is revealed in a Jew. His, he doesn't eat the same way that a, that, that a guy eats. When the nefesh of a Jew is revealed, he doesn't sleep the same way. It's, everything is different. Everything is different. When you see a tzaddik, there's nothing that the tzaddik does that, that's the same as anybody, as, as another person. Everything that tzaddik does is, is different. There's no part of him that's, that, that, that's not a tzaddik. So that's what we have to do. To learn how to, to, learn how to reveal within our lives, within the Adam Shabbana, the human beings within us, to reveal that, well, that I'm not a human being, I have a Nefesh Yisrael. A Nefesh Yisrael means that, that to the, when, I, when I reveal that Nefesh Yisraeli in my physical life, it means that my physical life is not the same as, as, an, as, Tam, as another human being. It's different. It's different. And on the highest level, the, the tzaddik can't use a glass. That wasn't terrible. The tzaddik can't eat a piece of fish. That wasn't covered shabbos. I mean, that's on the highest level. It's, it's, it's just different. V'yadrichem v'yachrichem L'kabalas ha'eris shal nefesh ruach neshom echai yechid atzilus bri yitzir asiyah shom shtashel salkirba that we can teach and force ourselves. And that's what all of learning Torah is about, and, and especially Chassidus, is to teach ourselves to be able to refine our lives and to live such lives where all of the iris of the nefesh ruach neshama chayichid are what are revealed in the day-to-day life of this person's eating, drinking, sleeping, talking, thinking, feeling, every single thing. Every single thing. <clears throat> what the tzaddikim said, that when a Jew makes a brach in the morning, Shalai Goy. So what does that mean, Shalai Goy? So a person might think, well, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, Tony, the, the repairman or something. So first, as the deacon said, that when you say Shalai Goy, it means you could be the smallest, smallest little Jew in the world. And when you say Shalai Goy, it means you're not, the, you're not the king of England. What do you mean? You're not talking about some... some but that's not the deeper meaning. Shalai Goy means there isn't one thing about me that's Goyish. There isn't anything. Shalai Asanigod doesn't mean that I was born a Jew. But there isn't anything. How I talk, how I sleep, how I eat, how I drink. Every single thing. There isn't one thing about me that's not Jewish. Because the Yisraelius is completely and totally revealed. That's the brach of Shalai Asanigod. What do you mean Shalai Asanigod? That's why the, that's why the, the, the Shushiach and all this other, others ask, why don't we do make a brach of Shalai Yisrael? That you made me into Yisrael. That's a nice bracha. Why do you say Shalai Sanigai? Say that Baruch want to thank you. You made me into a Yid. So the Tzaddikim say, nah, that's not so posh. To make yourself into a Yid, that, that's something you have to work on your whole life. That the Baruch didn't do that for you. What do you mean? I'm a Yid. My mother's Jewish. It's true. But that's, that's really Shalai Sanigai. But that you're talking, breathing, sleeping, eating, every single thing about you is what? Is Yisraeli. It's, it, it, it has that Yisraelius in it. That's 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 da'as lo kevicha ve'avdeyim. 
That's, that's a lifetime of, of, of serving Hashem's book, of working for Hashem's book. And, and, uh, and, and in America, in Africa, it's bigger than you say now. What? Well, it's because. Yeah. Sure. Because to begin with, our fathers, our, our fathers, our mothers, our grandparents felt so different. And they, and they, and they, and they, they couldn't see, they couldn't identify the chlal. It was like mizrach tamarav to identify with a non-Jew. And therefore, it wasn't something which was, it wasn't something which was, which was, for the most part, was, I mean, a hundred years, it started to become more, but for the most part, it wasn't anything that, that, uh, that our grandparents, uh, grandpa- great-grandparents felt tempted by, or felt that they could identify with Bechlal. There was this, there was this uh, feeling that, that it's uh, altogether a, a different barrier. We talked to our fathers, I forgot to go to I never met my grandfather. We talked to our to parents. I mean, maybe not so much if they, maybe in America, but even the, even the old Jews that grew up in America, it's a different, you know, and then, of course, it's nowadays an Altus saying you have to be very careful, you have to be politically correct, and the truth is that a Yid should speak in an, in an abler way. Not to talk down about a guy, it's not that. And, 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 you know, sometimes just so somebody was very angry, I had this person, I had a whole, had a whole thing that, uh, why doesn't he, why doesn't he like, you know, he was, he, he went someplace and he saw about the chassidim, that the way that they were talking about the guy this, the guy that, and the, that it's disgusting, it's disgusting, and, and he can't, he can't identify with these chassidim, they asked, the chassidim he can't identify. So, so I tried to explain to him that it's not a good thing. And I've spoken about that before in shul, it's not a good thing. And there's a certain ingredient of insecurity that, okay, it's not a good thing to to speak about it in a derogatory way. But I said, you know, but there's a mitzvah between Lama Tzchus and Yid also, right? So what's the Lama Tzchus? The Lama Tzchus is that these are people who are desperately, desperately fighting for their children, for the children, for the neshams of their children, and they desperately want their children to feel totally, completely different from, from the others. And it's becoming harder. It's not so pushed. And and sometimes those type of lishayness, those words are being used, not to say that that, that he doesn't, that, that he's not a nice, that this person's not a nice person, or, and not to say that this that this that this he wouldn't do even a tiger for that person. He would. The nice people never do favors. That's that, that's not what it means. But it's a way. Each time that he says it, it's a way of saying it's not. You have to know who you are. The truth is, it would be much better to do it in a more positive way. And there are many people who just don't have the kaiches. They're not. They're not. Uh, such wonderful mechanichim or parents, same as us. We also have our struggles. But I was I was raised in a house where where I don't know if any of you were raised this way. I'm sure that many of you were raised this way. That my father, the way he speaks ad hayyim, even after all these years, it's not it's not a, it's not the chalal part of our world. When he speaks, when he says when he says a guy, it doesn't mean Anything that is part of our world—it means it's a way of saying, it's a way of saying something that that we're afraid of, and something that's not us, and something that we don't go near. And there's no shaykhs to us. And 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 I don't—I'm not necessarily saying that that's a way that we could teach these days. But like everything else, that that the, with the increased with this increased political correctness and our effort at being what seems to be able people, as if, as if we're more able, we're more refined than our grandfathers. Because the grandfather would say, Goy. So we're more able now. We don't say that. We, we, we're very careful. We don't want to step on anybody's toes and hurt anybody. We don't want to give the impression that in any way we're different and so on. I don't see that we have better meters than our grandparents and great-grandparents. I don't think so. That was a way, not, not that I'm advocating that type of language, but that was a way of, 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 of separation. And, and even nowadays you see that, that, those, that there is this effort that's being made to make that distinction. And therefore, there's something to be said, you know, there's something to be said for the person who says that this is a Goyesha show. This is a, a Goyesha song. I don't know, nowadays you can't say it, and I avoid using these terms in shul also, because when we, the shul first started, I, I, I once slipped, and I got, a, I got you know, a mishabar from the, uh, 
from uh, you know a committee of uh, liberal uh, of liberals you know that felt that this is this is a derogatory disgusting thing to say like a gayish book or gayish shop what the emphasis that that was a, that's a way of, of of reminding ourselves but it doesn't go over well in America because it's, because we've become so gayish <laughs> that's why that's really why that's really why we're embarrassed of who we are that has nothing to do with it. We're nicer people. No, my father spoke very nicely to the to the people he had in his store. He was unbelievably nice to them, and wasn't condescending at all. Never, I never saw that he should speak down to any human being, anybody that's cared about selling with him. But we were raised. It's them. It's them. It's different. It's not us. And and we just all these sophisticated. Oh, we become much more sophisticated and much more choshev, and you know, we have much more. Um, we're much more refined and we have a great appreciation for human beings and so on. It's all bubblemices and so on. A bunch of baloney like the rest of all that liberal Irish guy. It's all a bunch of bubblemices. <coughs> and um, I bet on that little Hasidic kid growing up more, more terrorists than the, than the professor that lectures about how he has no shaykhs. This guy feels no shaykhs to Hasid and the Hasidim feel no shaykhs to Goyim. I put my bet on the on the one that has no shaykhs to go in, that the great grandchildren are going to be Jewish, than the one who says I can't stand those Hasidim, I can't I have no, nothing to do with the Hasidim. But at work he feels such an affinity, he feels such a connection, and he feels such a warm. Such, he's just part of this great melting pot that's America. But you hear when he talks about when he talks about Haredim or Hasidim how he talks. When it comes to Haredim and Hasidim, there's no melting pot. It's a pal. You can't say the word goy, and at work. And at work, he feels such a yedid, such a chavashach, because everybody, he's part of mankind. We don't, we're no longer, the, we're no longer in the ghetto. You know, we get with it. We're like everybody else. And okay, I'm a Jew. I'm Orthodox. I am proud of being a Jew. But we're like everybody else, except when it comes to when it comes to people with beards and tayis, or people that are learning in Kerala. And you hear lashonis coming from Jews. They would, they wouldn't say those lashonis about a, about al-hadl, about a guy. They wouldn't say such words about a guy. But a guy, we see eye to eye. He's civilized, he's refined, he's a pleasure to be with. But by, but by Jews, a guy walks into a shul, a walks into a shul and, and right away he's... Uh, but if the, but if this, if the, if the um, executive vice president of a company walks in with a, with a ring on his pinky, and a little little uh, kerchief, you know, you know how they wear a little kerchief. Comes in, come, yeah, yeah, very very nice. Walks in, said yes, 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 sir. What can we do for you, sir? We have a very strong connection. We're very, very we have a lot in common. This is all part of a, it's part of a of a of a terrible terrible seal of, of a distortion of what a yid is. The is that a yid walks in, even if he's a tzibroch and a Jew whose clothing are filthy and whose sitches haven't been washed in ten years and his, and his payas are standing up straight and, and, and he's, he's holy and pure more than, more than, more than, uh, than Bill Gates that might have two handkerchiefs right? But we were so we're so out of it that we push it on. We, we we don't see this at all. So all we see is we don't see we don't, since we're not sensitive to the Israeli Shabbat, we don't see the yid in this person. We just see ourselves as regular human beings. And as regular human beings, Bill Gates is put together. He's got a he's got a five thousand dollar suit and he's got beautiful shoes and beautiful necktie and he's got pins and and, and things going on. Yeah, and you see this yid and you say, eh, is that schlep or schnur or nobody one? And mitzvah adam shabbat. That's how it looks. You wouldn't get a bit. You wouldn't. You wouldn't catch a bit sniff on, on Bill Gates. I bet you. I bet you he takes five showers a day, and uh, and even when he's not showered, he's probably spritzed. He's spritzed with every single chemical that they that they put into the shelves, right? right it's very put together. And this year walks in. Came in from Yerushalayim looking for Achnas's kala, and you see, and you, and you know, you say, whoa, he comes over. You gotta have. You gotta. You gotta keep ten amos. He shouldn't. He shouldn't suffocate. And he's a yid, and it's a and it's a dikum. When the tzaddik would have met Bill Gates, I'm not saying anything bad. I know that Bill Gates. I'm just using his example. But the tzaddik would have Bill Gates. The tzaddik would go. And by that yid, the tzaddik would say, Ah, mahashtik yid, right? To give him a kiss and a hug. What a delicious smell. But we're so lost that we're, that we're so phony and broken that we smell on the yid. A bad smell, and we smell on the guy, and, and then we have all the talks and all the shyness and who we look up to, and everybody. It's all 
Havel Havalam Mamish. That's what it is. Havel Havalam Mamish. And when and we when we understand what's Eid and the Israelis and Eid, and we learn and in our lives, of course, to 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 fill out all the all of our all of our machshavas dibur and meisim with with that Yisraeli shabbai, then certainly the person would take a shower and would take care of himself. And there's something that's there's something that's hurting in that person if he doesn't take care of himself. But now, God forbid, that he's not a yid, he's not a Yisrael, he's not shining, and he doesn't smell like a like a, a rose. It's that that, he's, that that there's no guy in the world it could be the guy that's giving speeches about about cleanliness. He's Mr. Hygiene, and he's a Mr. Spirituality, and he's got. He's got a following of 10 million people that listens to him talk all day long. Like this guy that sits in his gajkas, the Indian, what's his name? But the Maharashi sits all day long dashing about, about religion. And he stinks. He smells. And this little yidl, this little yidl, that, 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 you know, <laughs> he's delicious. And that's, that's who we are. But we have to learn more how to make a part of our lives and continue.